Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. And joining us right now <laughs> is uh, Heinblum. Uh, is it Chief Baseball Officer or Head Honcho? What is your exact title? <laughs> <laughs> Especially these days, people are calling me all sorts of things. I'm sure they are. Some on the show. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, it's good to see you. Likewise. And thank you very much for coming down here. I'm trying to remember, um, we didn't do this last year, so this is no. the first for you. Yeah, this is my and first one. This is so tied in with the Red Sox dating back to the late 40s, as you, I know you're a history buff, so you've done all the history on it. But it's amazing. We are now over $60 million in the nineteen uh, the years that we've been doing this thing, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. I said this yesterday when I was on with TC uh, that you know everybody in this game, we get a platform. Yep. We get a platform to do some good, and you look at this. This might be, I mean, in the game of baseball, when you look at the the history of it, the amount of money that's been raised, I, I can't think of a better example over time of that platform being used for good than this, and it's an amazing tradition to, to keep going. Yeah. What did you know about it? Like, was this something when you came here, they were just like, okay, by the way, we want to fill you in. This is, the Jimmy Fund's big here. I did not get explicitly filled in on that, but I mean, yeah. if you're in baseball, you've yeah. heard of the Jimmy Fund, and you know the Red Sox are involved in the Jimmy Fund, and you yeah. know it goes back to Ted Williams. I mean, I think that's something that I would guess just about everybody who spent any time in this game knows because it's just known. Yeah. It, it speaks to the importance of it, the power of it. Nice. I know it's like it's like uh, I I'm assuming it's not in your starter packet, and when you when they, when they <laughs> hire you, you know. And oh, by the way, there's this really big deal because I would also think like. Because every now and then, you know, they, you know, the teams that are actually playing, you know, have a, I would, you know, they see all the festivities, they see, you know, the Jimmy Fund all over the place. Even like during the regular season, you see it all over the place. So uh, it definitely has the legs that I think it was intended to. Yeah, that's that, and of course I've been a visitor in this yeah. uh, this park a lot, and it's just around. You know, um, you know, it, it's synonymous with the Red Sox. Really. Do you know anything about some of the like the? We had a guy on. Um, and for every series the Sox swept, it was like a thousand bucks. Do you know anything about that? You, no. You know? Okay, yeah. Because he he's hoping that you guys get more of those. He wants to give money away. I think you would like that too. <laughs> yeah, we would. You guys both we want would. The same we haven't thing. been doing our part lately, have we? <laughs> I was going to say yeah. these games have been an adventure lately. I mean, you go nine three last night. You're sitting there going, "Whoo, we won eleven nine, right?" Uh, how difficult is this right now? In that this thing is a squeeze. This is. Your team is not necessarily playing the way they were playing earlier in the year. Yeah, no question. I mean, it seemed like, you know, in the first half, you know that over the course of the season, uh, there's a lot of games that could go either way. Yep. Now, if you're a good team, you're going to win more of those than not. Now, it felt like in the first half, we were winning almost all of them. Now, that, that is hard to sustain. Yep. Uh, then we went through a time period where we, we won, what, we had a two- or three-week period where we won one of them. 
Um, and now it's maybe starting to even out a little bit, but uh, that doesn't make him any easier to live through. So, Haim, I, I declared, I think, on July 30th, okay, going back to the deadline, that that was the day you lost executive of the year. So at that point, listen, I, you had I loved everything. I am like long for you. I tell these guys 162, relax, it's one game. But I, I do get emotional short term at times. And I felt like at the deadline, and I know the system is what it is, it can't be built overnight, but I felt like there wasn't a full belief in this team. Like two or three years from now, if you look at him and say, man, we are loaded. We will invest. I will give up this guy, that guy, and this guy. I don't care because I really do believe in him. And I didn't feel like you did with these guys based on what we saw at the deadline. Okay. Well, you know, before before, – I want to answer that, but before I I will say, look, to start out, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm perfect, we're perfect. We are not. Um, but, you know, I do think we should be able to talk about our thought process a little bit, explain, you know, how we were thinking. Um, I didn't think of it that way at all. I mean, to me, if you don't believe in the team, you don't look to add at all. I mean, why would you? Because anytime you're looking to do that at a deadline, likely you are putting a real big focus on the short term, especially when you're talking about a rental player. You know, it's almost impossible for the math, so to speak, for that to add up unless you have a belief in the team. Um, and look, you know, the strength of your system, who you have, obviously on some level that matters for what you're willing to give up. It moves the needle somewhat. But I think most important, you want to make good deals. And you understand even good deals at the trade deadline, you're going to be talking about having the needle way pointed towards the now, but you still don't want to do something that's just not a good deal. So any deadline, we're going to go after it. Look, this is one where it was very clear where we stood. You know, we should be looking to support this team. So we're going to run out couple hundred different plays to yeah. try to do that to try to find out what all 29 other clubs are thinking all the different players that could fit us all the different possible ways we could improve the team improve the organization ways that uh, people are thinking about some ways that people might not be and try to find matches and you know we found three that we liked love to have found 10 uh, but to me you know it didn't have anything to do with belief in the team we believe in this group it more had to do with what really makes sense for us to do at the end of the day what's a good baseball trade that we can feel good about what it's doing now and also feel like we made we made a good deal that we didn't do something that just wasn't didn't make sense yeah I, I'm realistic i have no idea what the ask was you could tell me off a record and i may be like yeah i probably shouldn't have done that right you know what i mean but it is it's just as a fan i think a lot of fans sat there and said man first base schwalber is nice but He's hurt. I don't, realistically, he's probably not going to play first right away. And with him DHing in the outfield, JD, it makes your team defensively better in a team that struggled lately. Just sort of forcing him in a spot that moves guys around where defensively you're not as strong anymore. Yeah, look, there's he no. He can't play first. Yeah, no, I hear first. you. And you know, we said this on the day we did it that we we were intrigued by the upside that he could do it. You know, I wouldn't put anything past this guy. I think we're going to see him do it. You know, in the coming days, he uh, he's getting yeah, he's been working out there for a couple of weeks. I think we're getting pretty close to where we're going to be able to do it in the game. Um, so we saw that as upside. That look, if, if if that works, not only do we get one of the best hitters we thought at the trade deadline, but we can have him play first base also. If it doesn't, we still thought, and we've seen, you know, he, this is a guy that's going to contribute to the team. Would it be a better fit if he were a natural first baseman? No question. Um, so that, that factored into the possibilities that we were looking at. But ultimately, it still has to add up. It still has to make sense, yeah. um, you know, as a baseball player. So what, what is your relationship now like with Core? Are you guys in lockstep with where who you guys want, where you guys want to go? Because I would assume that relationship would – kind of have to be in line but I, I, I if i was a manager i would want 
you know, hey, go ahead, give me this guy, give me this guy. <laughs> you know, and you're like, no, 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 no. I know, you know, it's like, is there, what's that relationship like? Are you guys growing into an understanding of, of how you can best kind of help each other out? Yeah, I love working with AC. And, I mean, you talk about baseball rat. Like, there's, there's no one that is into the game more than he is. That's one of the best parts about working with him. Uh, because you know the passion is there. You know, you, I don't even have to wonder. If something goes on in the game, um, I don't even have to wonder if he knows about it because I know he follows it so closely, whether it's with, certainly with us, but even around the game, you know, even in amateur baseball, uh, that's just who he is. Uh, obviously, the more you work with him, the more that relationship grows. There's a lot of things we agree on. Sometimes we disagree. That's that's gonna happen. So he doesn't run into your office and be like, "What the hell, man?" No, like none of none no. of that. <laughs> no, there's sometimes when he'll bring up players, say, "Have we thought about this guy? Have we thought about that guy?" I'll do the same with him. There's no one we would even go out and try to acquire. I mean, obviously, when we're getting close to the deadline, I'm not going to throw 300 different names at him. But if we think we might have traction on somebody, or there might be a chance we could get somebody, we're going to talk about those things. Talk about the fit, and look, who wouldn't want to, you know. Get, I've, I've said this a couple times. If there's 15 all-stars that get traded at the deadline, who wouldn't want to have all 15? Mm. We know it's not necessarily going to work that way, um, but we talk about all those fits, and you know, he'll he'll highlight players that he think we he thinks maybe we should pay more attention to, and then there might be some guys who are big names that'll say, you know what? I and this happened in the off season too when we were putting the roster together, where there might be guys that had more name value, where you know he would say, you know what? I actually think we'd be better off going this other direction. Uh, sometimes you know we were exactly on the same page, and when we weren't, then we got to have a good conversation, and and we both got better from it. Okay, how frustrating is it? Um, Roster is all set. There's nothing you can really do with it. You don't have that privilege at the end of August or during August of doing anything, and you find one week where your starting rotation is leaking. Suddenly, you fix that with sailing out. Then your bullpen is leaking. What do you do there? Well, you moved a couple of those starters in there, and actually Richards has been pretty good out in the bullpen. And then defensively you start leaking. So just when you fix one area, something else fails. Yeah, I mean, look, I, we, all, we all watch it, right? It's frustrating. Yeah. It happens. It's part of the baseball season. You'd love to be firing on all cylinders at all times all across your roster. That rarely happens. Uh, so you know this is part of the ups and downs of the season. It's a little bit uh, of a more nervous feeling in August, September, when you know you can't, you know, absent a circumstance like with Travis, we were able to get him, where you're not going to be able to go out and plug that hole. That's that's part of why you try to accumulate that depth. I mean, going into the deadline, we we had a sense of what we were planning with the rotation, uh, with Tanner, with Chris coming back, and that we might be able to fortify our bullpen that way. Uh, but, you know, it, it, we also know, hey, we've had, we've been, tremendously fortunate with guys posting in the first four plus months of the season that there's no guarantee that will continue so what if this happens what if that happens at the end of the day we the guys who got us here are gonna have to be a big part of getting us where we want to go that's true with every team that's trying to make the playoffs so you know when you're trying to fortify the group you just try to add as much as you can and again do it by making good moves but that that to me is where you know adding adding to a strength adding depth there may be things that happen that a move might seem a little redundant now. Like you talked about Schwarber, uh, even if he can't play first base, well, that's redundant. Well, it is until it isn't. So if you've got a chance to make a good move you know, for a price that makes sense and, and a player whose talent you believe in, different things could happen that can make that player an even better fit than you anticipate. So I'm just curious, like the, that back end of that bullpen, like how surprised are you just seeing what you're seeing from guys that were so good? You know, it's Ottavino slider or Barnes' fastball, and, and Taylor was so dominant, and Austin, he had a little stretch. 
Are you just surprised at what you're seeing, and how does this thing get fixed? Yeah, just to see it all happen seemingly at the same time yeah. with a lot of guys who we've been relying on is unusual. And it's obviously contributed to you know us missing out on some W's and making making some others a little hairier than they probably should have been. Um, you know, in some cases, obviously there's cause for concern. In other cases, you know, hey, this is this is baseball. Sometimes, uh, you know, I think this is happening. This is happening with Barnsey, where you know certainly there's some things that we got to fix. Sometimes, uh, you know, as I thought happened at the end of that Texas game. Uh, you know, we made him get more outs than he needed yeah. to get out there, and that sometimes happens, and it seems like these things snowball. So, you know, our job is always, as an organization, try to bring the best out of every player we have. So when there's something that's a little off, we got to try to fix it. We also need to make sure that when it comes to how we think about this player, we shouldn't let a few outings change our view big picture of who this player is. That now we also have to attack as much as we can. How do we get that player back to the best version of himself as quickly as possible? Because every game matters. I must say this: it's got to be the most aggravating thing for a personnel guy to deal with bullpen pitchers. Okay, there was one Mariano Rivera, and he was able to do it every single time he was out in the mound one for pitch. all those years with one pitch. <laughs> Everybody knew the pitch was coming, and yeah. they couldn't hit that pitch. But it's got to be the most frustrating thing in the world dealing with relievers. Yeah, and that's it, the nature of the game is such that look, we're not in this position if not for what Matt did. You know, for instance, the first half. Really, all those guys. If we go through a time period where you know somebody's not performing like they were, then other guys are going to have to step up. Last night we were really fortunate that Hansel Robles was able to do that. Yep. Uh, that should happen, obviously, if we're going to get where we want to go. That should happen on a good team. It doesn't make it any more fun to live no. through. That's saved you last night. Yeah, seven, ten night. hits. We're all we're just as powerless as everybody who, who paid to get in the building. I get it. And uh, you know you watch how it plays out. And I think the important thing for us when we're talking about how do we address it, what do we do? is just to try to separate, okay, you know, what's, what is it where you just throw up your hands and say that's baseball versus what can we control? And I think AC spoke to this in terms of some of what was happening with Whitlock and some of those outings that didn't go his way. I don't think Garrett Whitlock was a different Garrett Whitlock for the most part in those outings. Now, look, he's a rookie. We know those guys are going to go through ups and downs. But in some cases, we talked about in the game here against the Rays, uh, he learned some things about pitch selection uh, from that and maybe overcorrected in the outing against the Yankees. And so there's that balance that guys have to find. That's actionable. If we can dissect that, if we can say, look, this is what happened here. There's a lesson that we can learn from this. We can help them with that. Maybe there's something with the delivery. Maybe there's something with yeah. stuff uh, that, that we can work on. And, you know, sometimes you can do everything right and you're going to get beat. Sometimes you might not do everything right and you still might get away with it. And we learn from that, too. A look at the game. That's what they say. I'm Bloom. Thank you very much for coming down here and lending Thanks, your son. support to the Jimmy Fund. We really appreciate it. Yeah, awesome to be on Thanks. with you guys, Thanks. especially right. for this cause. You too. And thanks for reaching out to me. I appreciate that as well, privately. That was awesome. No, deserve you. it. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's debatable. They don't know. I just want to get away from those two guys. That's all this is about. I'll be back at another time. Yeah. I'll be working in Cleveland. Exactly. <laughs> and give him a hard time. Yeah. Once, once oh, yeah, you're, uh, I might be a prank caller. That's yeah, 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 we'll we'll what yeah. I need to do. I'll be Chuck from <laughs> <laughs> How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.